Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. My longtime friend, Rick's new friend, David Rice. David and I met in college, and we've kept up through the years. David, good to have you on Sound of Truth. It's good to be with you. David is, uh, as I mentioned, a longtime friend of mine. He is married, met his wife overseas, mm-hmm. and they have two teenage boys. And uh, David is currently living here in the States. So he agreed to come on the program. And David, I'm going to hand the mic off to you in just a second here. What we usually do is we ask our guests to share their testimony, how they came to faith in Christ, and then since they came to faith in Christ, their God story since then. But let's start off with just going to give us your background a little bit and story of how you came to faith in Christ, David. Good to have you on the program today. Mm-hmm. Good to be here. Well, actually, coming to Christ, I probably got the most boring story as far as that goes. Uh, I was born in a Christian home, and you know, I was raised to love God. And then about the age of five, I understood uh, that I was a sinner, and I understood that I needed to be taken care of, and I took care of it. Uh, as this boat trailer goes behind by me back there, um, I and so I came to Christ at the age of five. Now, five years old. Well, let's let's dig into that just a little bit. Um, you said you took care of it. Now, for just for clarity for our audience's sake, um, you know, for some people that mean, oh, so he went and got baptized, or mm-hmm. oh, so. He knew he needed to get things right, so he joined the church. Could you go, go into a little more detail there of, of uh, what you mean by you had it taken care of? Or he, he just prayed a prayer. There yeah. Prayed a prayer, took care of it. Well, yeah, it was, I was in my going to bed at night. My mother put us to bed every night, read the Bible story to us, and I prayed and asked God to forgive me of my sins, made him Lord of my life. Really, before then, I would have said he was Lord of my life, but there's a sin thing that was there. You know, the Bible teaches that all of sin falling short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. And, uh, well, that death part doesn't sound very good, and mm-hmm. you love God, so just uh, pray and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And really, you know, honestly, yes, that is the point where I officially asked Jesus to be Savior of my life. But, you know, I'm, I believe that I was saved, I am saved, I am being saved, That we're, and the Bible teaches to continually work out our uh, right with fear and trembling and uh so yeah that was the beginning of of really my salvation experience honestly um, yeah it's when you were justified before god and your name was written in the lamb book of, lamb's book of life and your destiny was uh settled so was right. that that and journey of sanctification began on that day mm-hmm. it did yes at five years of age so mm-hmm. uh so yeah i look back on that and yeah that's exactly what happened you know and a lot of the grief that you get when you come to uh, faith at age five or you accept Christ at age five is people say, well, you were just raised to do that, you know. And honestly, I thank God he gave me plenty of opportunities to walk away in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of opportunities to walk away, and he just held me firm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, it, it was no longer my parents' faith. It was no longer the faith that I grew up uh, being taught to have, it was the faith that was genuine and real for myself, you right. know? Right. And, uh, and I think that's a very, that's a very important transition, mm-hmm. uh, to go into, you know? 
So my wife shares a similar testimony of coming to faith very young, comparatively to most of us. I think she was six years old. And then when she was in her teens, she wrestled through, was that real? Was that authentic? Did I know what I was doing? All those type of questions that so often come to uh, children who are raised in, in godly homes and when they're taught to love Jesus, and then they embrace Christ at an early age. Did you go through that as well, David? Did you have any season in your teen years or college years were like, was this really my faith? Or was this just my parents' faith? Not really. I didn't go through a question if it's my, my faith or my parents' faith. Uh, <clears throat> part, part of it is that, you know, I wasn't in, I, was, I grew up in a Christian home, but I also grew up in the 80s music scene. Uh, you call it hair metal, call it whatever you will, but in the 80s, uh, you know, from my early teen years all the way up into through college, actually, my brother was on tour with Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest. I mean, wow. I went to see I went to see Motley Crue with mom and dad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they they went they wanted to see my oldest brother, and uh, so I grew up in that scene. And being a drummer, uh, I grew up in I grew up in Western North Carolina. I went to with Squire Parsons' daughter, you know, and uh, some of my childhood friends were in, in uh, quartets and things like that. And it was the Southern Gospel capital of the world, and I hated that music. Did not express who I was. And gotcha. You know, for me, it was, and that, and it's great. I know a lot of people that worship the Southern Gospel. I'm not knocking it. It's just not me, you right. know. Um, and you know, for about ten years there, I was going to hell because it wasn't me. <laughs> you know, everybody was like, "You like Christian rock," and I was like, "But yeah, I was put into a world where I really wasn't accepted by the church uh, because I did like rock and roll." Mm-hmm. And during that time, that's really when my faith started becoming my faith. Yeah, because I knew God saved me. I knew God was real. I'd seen God working, and and He just wouldn't let me go. You know, I, and, and, you know, you could imagine when you're around the music scene like that, that you have ample opportunity to, uh, to walk away. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, it never, I thought about being in a band and later on, you know, I, I felt called the mission, um, third grade mm. and that I did struggle with that. Do I, do I be a missionary or do I, God gave me a talent with music. Do I pursue music? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I always wanted to do it for him, you know. Uh, and I was like, do I pursue music or do I be a missionary? You know, about uh, ninth grade, I made a trip with my uncle, who was a missionary to Korea at one time. I made a trip with him to Korea. And I remember sitting in a Bible study one night, and I didn't understand a word of what was being said in there. And, you know, God just spoke to me and said, you know, you see all these people? None of them would be here today if it wasn't for somebody that went to tell. Mm-hmm. And honestly, looking at it, uh, look back, and I'd go to concerts because I'd get back to passes and lamming up passes. I didn't have to pay for tickets. If I could go, you know, like with Poison, they gave me a permanent backstage pass uh, for any of their tours. I'd just show up, and I could walk in wherever they are in the world, you know? Wow. And uh, uh, I remember going to some of these concerts, and the one band that really stuck out to me uh, was Guns N' Roses. And they got up and they would say the same thing just about every stinking show. They um, they were on stage performing. They were putting for Motley Crue. Their Appetite for Destruction album had not come out yet. 
And, uh, you know, record labels are the labels decided that they were going to be the next big thing. And usually that's what happens. Their big bands were decided by the labels, but, uh, their album hadn't even been out yet. And everybody was talking about them. And, uh, they get up and say, why don't you guys come to see us in Charlotte on Thursday or whatever day it's going to be? Because MTV is going to be there to videotape us to go live or, you know, going to be there to film us or whatever. And afterwards, I was talking to my brother and I was like, MTV is going to film them? He goes, I have no idea what he's talking about. And uh, I was just, you know, it's just so disingenuous that, uh, you know, you would say things like that in a concert. And then you think about it, you got a set list. You've got all of these songs that are in a row that you play them the same, the same arrangement every night, the mm-hmm. same motions in between the songs and things like that. Yep. And uh, I was just like, that would get old, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, yes. and I was like, yeah, I don't know that I want to spend my life working an hour a night playing the same thing over and over. I love to play drums, but I think, uh, Probably after a month, I'd get tired of playing the same songs over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, so it was um, that was you know one of one of the critical points where I was like, yeah, I don't I don't want to do this. So you know, and, just to uh, clarify for me, I was getting a little confused here. The same they would say the same thing. When you, I was waiting for this one liner thing. No, no, but no. You're saying literally they say the same thing every night. Yes. All the stuff they say. And I, I think a part of me can relate to what you're talking about here, David. A part of my job is. I will do some training mm-hmm. for our customers and I've got that training down it's where I say, over. I already know what's the most efficient way to explain this. What's the best way to show and display this? What's the best way to answer a question like this? And I'm telling you, I can do that presentation with my eyes closed, hands tied behind my back. I, I mean, I could, I can do that, you know, and mm. I will sound the exact same yesterday, today, mm-hmm. tomorrow. I will, I will say the same joke with the same intonation with the same delivery, and I'm telling you, I, I, I get where you're going with that, David. You're just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I want more meaning in my life than uh, doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's funny, you fast forward, oh, from that time, probably about 15 years, and I'm in seminary, and uh, I'm working in a print shop. This guy comes in. He's me banging on something, goes, you're a percussionist, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you ever thought about doing anything with it? And I basically just told him everything that I just told you. Right. He goes, there's more to that than that. And I was like, not really. And he goes, and we had a conversation for about 15 minutes about music. And when he left, I said, man, that guy sure knew a lot, knew a lot about music. And my coworker looked at me, rolled his eyes and goes, yeah, because he's in the Grateful Dead. And uh, oh wow, it was it was Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead that I was standing there talking to, telling him how meaningless his life is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness, that's so, a good story. Uh, and I love music. I still love music. In fact, with my son, I'm encouraging him to pursue a music career. And I, I just told him, I said, you know, music has can have the most impact of any medium out there. I mean, think about it. If you have a movie without music, it's not a good movie. And so music is the most powerful medium out there. You just have to hone it and use it for the glory of God. Right. You can bring, you can bring around ma- major change in culture and society with music. So, yeah, I'm not anti-music industry. Um, it just wasn't where God had me, you know. 
Where did God have you? Well, God, I will tell you, I believe very firmly that I was created for nothing other than being a missionary. Uh, that's who I am. I'm cross-cultural as can be. My wife is not white. I'm white. My kids are half white and they don't act white. Uh, you know, um, that's, that's who, that's who I am. Uh, and I'll, I don't think I was created for anything else. Wow. It's mm-hmm. awesome and to that, know your, to know this is who, this is what I was meant to do on this yeah. earth. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, the greatest joys I, I've had have been, uh, seeing people come to Christ, you know, um, come from not knowing anything about God mm-hmm. to faith in God to sharing Christ with their friends. Uh, there was a guy that, uh, when I met him, he was 17 years old and that lazy kid, the country we were in, there was, uh, they had, uh, military training that the kids would have to do. And, uh, he didn't have to do it because they didn't have a uniform that would fit him. He prayed to receive Christ and what about a month and didn't, uh, then he comes back and goes, you know, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. So why? He goes, well, I prayed. I said, well, that usually helps people believe in Jesus. He goes, well, I prayed for a lot of money and a beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, Kevin, I said, you know what? I said, you're fat and you're lazy. I said, <laughs> and to ask for a beautiful girlfriend and a lot of money, like a raise the dead request. God can do it. He just doesn't hand it out every day, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, I said, you've not been discipled. And he comes and uh, he comes and agrees to be discipled. And I baptized him. And a year, almost a year to the day that I baptized him, I stood on the banks of the river and I watched him baptize five of his friends that he had led to Christ. Mm, wow. He went on to uh, lead the foreign English teacher that came to town to Christ. Um, the guy came to, to this country because he wanted to learn more about Buddhism. He didn't speak the local language. He runs into my friend. His English name is Kevin, and Kevin speaks English, and, and uh, Kevin shares with him. He leads the guy to Christ. He said, hands him his English Bible. He calls me and says, I need another English Bible. I had to give mine away. That's fabulous. <laughs> that is awesome. That is wonderful. And then he leads like this 70-something-year-old lady uh, that lives next to his mother to Christ. And in that culture, young people don't have influence over old people. Right. And he's le- and he's leading so many people to Christ, and I look back and I said, "Man, that's you know that's what life is about, you know." Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that was that was just you know just amazing to be able to see that. It, it's a blessing to be able to see the fruit of your work, mm-hmm. and there are sometimes where maybe we will never see our fruit up until heaven. Yeah. But how much of a blessing is it from the Lord to say, "Hey"? You've been faithful, and I'm going to let you see the fruit of the work that you've been doing. That's so true. Oh, man, it was a blessing. And you know what was even more beautiful was after the baptism, I took them all out to eat. And the guys he baptized looked at me and goes, who are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm your, I'm your, so, your spiritual grandpappy. That's what I said. I said, you can call me grandpa. <laughs> there you go. I beat you to it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing, uh, man. And uh, I, And I was so happy because it was like, you know, my faith had become my faith and not the faith of my parents. Mm-hmm. That showed me that Kevin's faith was Kevin's faith and not my faith. There you go. Wow. If that's not a perfect kind of circling back to, you know, what you, we had talked about opening this interview, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, that's amazing. Well, David has agreed to let us interview him again. So that'll be next week on next week's episode. But 
David, thanks for being on this week. We look forward to uh, sharing you being able to share more uh, next week with our audience as well. So, But that's going to be it for this edition of Sound of Truth. Join us again next week. We'll, we'll talk more about the Bible. We'll have a little more chit-chat. And uh, also, we'll hear more from David Rice. God bless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.